welcome to the newest episode of Deandra and the Co-Host. I am Deandra Reviews and this episode is brought to you by DeandraReviewsAtAll.com where I review entertainment for the light it gives. On this episode, my fierce, fabulous co-host is Allie Barron and we discuss how college life has molded her as an artist and kind of telling herself that she needs to have this grand social experiment, that she needs to have real life experiences before she becomes an artist professionally. I think there's a real pressure to become an artist very, very young. Like you have to start at 15. It almost feels like every artist that comes out is in high school and a lot of them are. Um, And there's this kind of expectation. If I start at 15, I'll be a star by 18 and a superstar by 21. But what about you? What about your life experience? What about what you want to experience and love and socializing and partying and kind of just being regular? For her, that's what inspires great songs. The small, casual, normal interactions that you have every day. And before she can be super high, super famous, superstar she wanted to have that and there's something really admirable about that and and wise and this podcast I mean we laugh a lot we talk about relationships college life college partying and we get into the body issues and the the kind of double consciousness and insecurity that grows from being one of the most exposed generations. I think that even if you're not the most famous TikToker in the world, or you have like maybe 400 followers on Instagram, the point is that we all have this cyber footprint. And there's this feeling of I am being looked at, but I'm not being seen. And yet at the same time, I'm oddly watched. It's a really, really weird dynamic and it's hard not to feel overexposed and undervalued at the same time. And we kind of, yeah, we get real, we laugh a lot. You know how it is, I'm a jokester. But you're really gonna like this episode of Deandra and the co-host featuring Ali Barron, brought to you by DeandraReviesAtAll.com and I hope that you feel so motivated, inspired, laugh at us, just being us. Yeah, that's what Deandra and the Co-host is all about. Enjoy. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm um, taking a nice study break um, to be here, so very happy to be here. But yeah, I'm excited. I just released my track, What's Her Number, that I literally was like a child to me for the longest time. I sat on that song for a year before it was released. And it was the first time I'd actually gotten to write a song that was about my true feelings and like myself outside of the show that I was on, like all of college. So it was really exciting for me to release a song that actually felt like me for the first time. And just, you know, have the world hear a song that was different from everything else that I've put out there and that's more cohesive with the vision I see myself going into the future. It's a very college song, by the way. I mean, What's Your Number feels like the 
the catchphrase for college nights. Yep. When you're a little too wasty <laughs> and you're like, I'm feeling you, you're feeling me. What's their number? What's their number? No, yeah, it was it was about a college guy situation, so it's a little fitting for the college life, but it was more like in the direction of you know, you're you're talking to a shitty guy and you know that the girl he's talking to is probably a really nice girl. And for the first time I actually had the thought of like, why do we always put down other girls and be like, you know what? I feel replaced by this girl. Like all your friends tell you like, oh, you're better than her. Like you're cuter than her, whatever, like this, that X, Y, Z. And for the first time I was like, you know what? Like it's his fault. Like this girl's actually a great girl because I know her. So like, what's her number? She could use a warning about you because she doesn't deserve to deal with the things that I deal with because I know she's a great girl and he's not the best guy. So do you, that think, was- that, do you think they receive it though? Cause it's such a tricky thing to warn girls about a guy when they really like them. I feel like yeah. I've got it backhanded and then yeah. on a few occasions I get the, thank you. and still yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. No, it definitely, it definitely is a tricky subject because it depends who the girl that you're dealing with is. I feel like if she's not, a little bit crazy and like you guys are acquainted and she respects your opinion that it'll go in the right way. And like, that's how it was in this situation. Not that I actually did reach out to her. I'm like, not, not like crazy mode, but, um, but yeah, You're I think, in your white bedroom, your ivory I'm tower, like, like, let me just text this girl real quick. Let me, let me mess up your relationship real quick. Here we go. No. Yeah. It was just someone that he like was seeing like very recently and briefly. And I don't think it was really anything. But it was just like triggering, like that all my friends would send me the social media posts of like him with other girls. And I'm like, I don't know why your friends, when you break up with people, think that that's exactly what you want to see and that you want to hear everything, but it's completely not. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was just in that point and was like, you know what? It's not her fault. I don't know why we sit here and get mad at girls and put down other girls because we feel replaced or jealous by the fact that they're with this guy that we spent so much time with. But like, really, whose fault is it? It's, this guy that completely messed you over in the end. So uh, I think about that a lot too, because, and I, and it, it, it transfers oddly enough to career because most times your boss is going to be that guy. And I can't say I, I've never encountered a guy who screwed me over in my career. Um, and there's a feeling of when they have success or they pick the new, you know, fave that is a woman yeah. Or even a man, at least, in terms of career, there's a feeling of like, you better stop having success, sir. You are yeah. horrible. And I think yeah. it's a relationship too, this feeling of you can't find joy because you took mine and I know you've taken others and you don't deserve it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think that's like, that was just kind of where it came from. Like the whole message I went through that rough patch of seeing the social media posts, sat down in the studio and things just kind of started flowing. And I think like less than two hours maybe like I was in the studio sat down made the concept my producer was like making the beat and literally within two and a half hours I was like out of it song was done which is funny because the when I recorded it I was like recording a demo and I was gonna go back and re-record it and I like listened to it and I was like "Mm, could like re-record some things and like didn't have time to go back in there so the song that's out on all platforms right now was technically the demo which is kind of yeah that's even I think that's good that you didn't re-record I think there's something pure about yeah. it but you are making me think that i am very happy you know your topic is dating and social media and we went right into these two topics nope. um but i'm very i think that the reason why they don't have like an unlike on all social media is because we do x stock 
Yes. And uh, there would be like, uh, you know, our exes are like, oh, we're my friend. It's like, oh, boy, like, oh, boy, oh, boy. Can I yeah. come like 14 times in a row? Yeah. yeah. The unlike button is like, the unlike button is equivalent to like going back to all your posts and either like archiving the ones with the X's in it or like changing the captions to like, you messed me over. Like, we don't like you anymore. Like all the captions, all the other ones. That's like equivalent to like the unlike button nowadays. Like, yeah. But yeah. The only platform that I think has an unlike button is YouTube. And I I have to admit, like when I see, yeah, like it says like 130 million people love this Houston video and then like oh, 30,000 don't and you're like who are those 30,000 it's I want so to know them. it's so funny too because when I was in high school I posted YouTube covers and there was always those like three or four like random dislikes and it's just like come like come on this is like a 16 year old that's just like posting a random YouTube cover like who has the time of day to just be like mm, unlike like and it's they- so funny they rarely leave a comment. So you're yeah. like, it's the mystery of the unlike. Like, who are yeah. you? Why did you do it? Why give me your social security number. <laughs> that could ruin your life. Let me find you. <laughs> like, they at least give me some like criticism on like, what could I do better next time? Like, what was the dislike for? You know? You, you know, you're making me think because I feel like, you know, the higher you go, you have something, you have an it, and the higher you climb in front of the world, you're going to get more dislikes. And you're going to get, I was, I compare fame and money often to like a bigger high school, where in high school, I had two or three bullies. And I didn't like them. They didn't like me. But I also didn't like the fact that I had that dynamic. And then the bigger you go, you're going to get like 3 million bullies. Yeah. How are you like ready for that? Like, or is that just one of those, like when it hits, I guess I'll deal with it. I think it's kind of a, I'll cross that road when I get there, especially because growing up, like towards the end of high school and all the beginning of college, I was on this, this YouTube show. And, um, my mom would literally always say to me, sorry, my roommate's like being sad. Um, my mom would always say to me, like, don't look at the comments. Don't look at the comments. And I like, I think just having that ingrained in my mind all the time and knowing like it's not worth it to check them is something that like will probably help me moving forward because like my mom is such like a momager to me and like oversees everything that I do to make sure that I like nothing, nothing goes wrong for my mental health. And so if something happened in the comments where like I would need to know something, then she'd be like, okay, like stop moving your mouth like this. People are noticing it. It's weird. And then like I would fix it. But yeah, like moving forward, I think just kind of blocking it out unless it's something that you need to deal with is probably the best thing because these people commenting the negative hate comments, like it's not doing anything for them and it's not going to do anything for me to read them. So kind of just blocking it out has like been my mentality since the beginning. And I think moving on as the magnifying glass gets smaller and smaller is probably something that I'll keep doing because for my mental health and sanity, it's probably the only way to like push through it. I feel like I'm absolutely shocked that your mom read your comments. I, I am surprised she didn't like send hate mail to all the people who hated you because I feel, I feel like my, if my mom looked at the comments, she would swim in them. And then anybody who like hated me, she would like become a tsunami and yep. anybody who loved me, she's like, Oh my God, I love you guys. Do you guys like, want anything to eat? Like, are you eating well? Are you drinking well? Like, are you hydrated? <laughs> Yeah, she would be like she would. She's very reactive, so she would react to both. I'm I'm yeah. shocked that your mother is even looking. Yes, yes, she loves to oversee the comment section and my 
cover things and all of the Malibu surf things. I was on a show called City Girls. It was a spinoff. So there was a lot of things in that. And that was that show was a little tough for me, too. I definitely didn't want to read the comments in those um, solely because it was, like, just kind of a weird point in my life. I, like, started a weird topic. Like, I started taking birth control really late. And, it like, all the weight gain hit me, like, probably my, my junior year of college. So, like, literally a year ago. And I still think my body is, like, not even back to normal from – I have an IUD now. But from the hormones that that did to my body – and that was like peak weight gain for me. Um, not a good time. I was in New York. It was humid in the summer. I was like bloating. And I just like to this day will not watch those episodes because it just doesn't even look like me. I was in such a different place. But yeah, those comments for sure. I don't I don't know if she read all of those. But yeah, I, I will stay far away from those. I'm sure she did. And I'm sure yeah. she hunted them. Yes. <laughs> That is a down point. I think especially with women, you know, our looks are so dissected, overanalyzed. And I don't know. It's it's also like, you know, pick your lane, men. I change my hair. You don't notice. Yeah. But, so, you know, I get one, I gain one pound in my ear. Yeah. And you're like, that's a heavy <laughs> ear. Your ear is a lot heavier. Like, pick a lane. Yeah. Yeah. No, or it's me or not. not you're not curvy enough. And then it's like, well, you just told me I was fat. So like, what do you, what's the thing here? Like, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if you've seen like the Taylor Swift documentary yet. There's a Taylor Swift documentary on Netflix and she touches a lot of points on how she would see herself walk out of her house and like some random fan would take a photo and it'd get posted on the internet and she'd look at it and just be like, okay, I'm not going to eat for the next week because my stomach looks large there. And then yeah. kind of spiraled her into this large thing of like being like anorexic and not eating a lot and being so conscious about her image and then going to shows and like feeling like she was going to pass out because she wasn't eating because some fan posted a photo of her where her arm looked big. And it's like that, I think more than anything is one of my biggest concerns going like deeper into this career. It's just that you like do have such a large magnifying glass on you and I am going to see photos where I don't look my best and I don't know if I'm mentally ready to like be able to handle that and like not completely break down. So that's something that I'm definitely gonna have to be conscious about as well. Yeah. But another thing that that's like, oh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yeah, another topic that's a little bit scary for people that are under a very, very large magnifying glass. For sure. I mean, I think about it a lot because all my life I've been chunky. All my life I've been curvy. I think I was a size C by age two. <laughs> like seriously and it's crazy you know growing up and hearing about people who had eating disorders it, it affected yeah. me in the sense of people have eating disorders to avoid my body and I couldn't avoid yeah. it no matter what I did yeah. so I I think my relationship with body image became that there is a feeling like you they treat you like you're dead because you're not pretty but yeah. I'm like but I I do love colorful things and I do oh, love yeah. beautiful dresses. So I think that I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I think that, you know, even, whether you're pretty, ugly, or beauty's in the eye of the beholder, you're still alive. Exactly. Yeah. Do what you want. You still do what you want. Yeah, exactly. And I think like everyone should be comfortable in themselves because everyone's different for a reason. And like whether you look different for someone else, like from someone else, that's a good thing. And I don't think yeah. everyone should be comparing themselves to other people on social media. And like, I actually was just talking about this with someone the other day. Um, I saw this girl in person that I've like followed on social media for so long. And she's like, so skinny is like toned has like the perfect body. And I saw her in person and I was like, she's so skinny. And it's like scary that we 
try and image these girls that are just so, so, so skinny on social media, thinking that like, that's the image we're trying to go for. And in person, it's like an unhealthy thing. And it's like, we really should not be comparing ourselves to these people, let alone anyone, like be comfortable in yourself. Everyone looks different for a reason, like love yourself and just like find the things that make you happy. And do what you want, live your life to the fullest. Cause these men come in here with their beer guts Exactly. And their Wolverine hairy chest. <laughs> and we're supposed to be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so hot. Bring it over <laughs> here, daddy. <laughs> Ew. No. Yeah. No. Oh, that works. Men yeah. don't try. Men really, oh. it's, it's so rare that they try. And I think that when we see a guy try, we like flock to him like a, a yeah. mom to the flame because you're like, mm-hmm. who, who does that? You, why did you try? That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like guys that try too hard it's like they're viewed as like feminine and you're like what he like has nice hair and he like has a shiny body and he's ripped like what do you mean it's a balance <laughs> because there's the guy who like tries perfectly right the guy who over tries yep. like I, I think there's like a weird creepy third guy who's uh-huh. like wearing a suit in the middle of a 90 degree july yep. and you know acting like a serial killer low-key and you're like that guy's not you know, he's not safe. We don't want to go over there. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with that guy. That guy's not safe. Yeah, no, no. Either. But I, I will say, you know, going along with your song, I, I, <laughs> I feel like divided because I think, and maybe this is you will understand this because you're in college. I'm in the let's have fun at night. We're young. We're all struggling. Let's do this. Um, drunk eyes. Like, have you ever had drunk eyes going out? I call them like when you're like, you look super cute. Let's exchange that number. And then the next day you're like, Ooh, no, just um, Facebook. not at all. <laughs> I hate to say absolutely. And maybe a few too many times. Um, it's, it's honestly the major, like you try and show your friends a photo of him the next day thinking that like you can somewhat rationalize it. And they're yeah. like, stop telling me there's a better photo of him. Cause there's not, he's just <laughs> not cute. And you're like, <laughs> Try to make me feel better. You guys are making me feel worse. <laughs> you try to defend it. I feel like yeah. the best comment I've ever heard about a guy is my friend showed us a guy and my other friend was like, he he doesn't, he looks like he doesn't season his food. I don't know why. <laughs> he just gives me a vibe that he Wait, doesn't season. Wait, I totally feel that. I get it. Like he's bland. Totally 100%. It's hilarious. Yeah. But I mean, me and my friend suffer from drunk eyes. Sorry, my dog is going to make a guest appearance. He always does. Oh! His name is Doggy. Doggy, hey, so cute. But oh me my and my friend have drunk eyes, and we mm-hmm. definitely have the moment of like. Oh. But my <laughs> other friend, I've never yeah. seen anybody so lucky in like she gets drunk eyes and like gets a millionaire to hit on her, and we're like, oh, where did she find <laughs> them? I want that. I didn't get a millionaire. Yeah. Where's my millionaire? Well, this weirdo who works like in the basement of Google. Who's this guy? We're like, you know what? You win some, you lose some. You really do. And it's funny, even when like you have guys like falling for you, it's always the ones that you're like, well, I don't want that. I want, I want this one, but he doesn't want me. I want this one. Yeah. You know, I, I always think about that because, you know, when, when women and men gather to talk about relationships and dating and, you know, the things are, it's going to blow up 
because yep. there's always a, you know, I just, guys are like, I just don't understand why women don't like nice guys. Like, you guys are so typical. Like, there's no satisfying you. Like, that's a typical man quote. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like, I think about it a lot because I've had really nice guys that I didn't have a spark. Yeah. And for me, I feel like men don't get asked that. Like, they don't get asked, like, they, they command a spark. Yes. They, they, men have had great women that they let go because they didn't have chemistry. Yeah. And, and I'm one of them. <laughs> but, no loss. And I think like, I, I, I command the same thing. I want a great guy, but I want that chemistry too. And I don't think they see that they do the same thing, if not worse. Yes. I feel like that is extremely accurate. And I also feel like right now, especially at my age, like I'm just not looking for that nice guy. Like I was in literally a relationship, my entire college experience, whether it was like with someone at my school or long distance. And right now is the first time where I've been like, I'm single. And I actually, for the first time ever, do not have my mindset on one person or I'm not worrying about someone or where they are, what they're doing. And it's been like probably the most, amazing time I've felt since like my junior year of high school yeah. and so I just even like nice guys finish last like thinking about the age and like the situation of girls you're going for is nice guys might finish last because I'm just like not even looking for that right now you know they're the like, ones we marry they're the yeah. ones we marry that's later down the road my mom my mom says that all the time she's like later down the road you know what like you'll like the nice guy the guy that like shows up at your doorstep with flowers and like Right now you think it's weird and you don't like it, but like later down the road, like you'll love that. That's the guy you want. And I'm like, well, I'm not looking for that right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always, I always liked nice guys, but I always commanded chemistry. So I didn't date too often, but when I did, it was long-term. But what I will say is that for my friends that stayed in long-term relationship and never had that breathing period of being single, they were jealous of me and they particularly regretted that they didn't have that in like their their youth, like high school and college. Yeah. yeah. Because it it I had a lot of fun and I didn't have to answer to anybody. Yeah. And yeah. that that I think my college and high school experience was different from theirs because they always had to answer to somebody. And even yeah. when they broke up with the guy, they immediately started looking for the next. And I did it. Yeah. And I think that's also like that happened to me like when I was in high school, my my older sister always had boyfriends. My parents were like, I swear Allie is going to date someone and it's going to be the person that she marries because I would just like never be interested in someone. I would talk to them for like a month and a half and be like, hey, I'm not feeling it. Like next person, I'm not feeling it. And they're like, I swear the first person she dates, she's going to marry because she's just not into it with any of these people. And then the most impeccable timing ever, my last two months of my senior year of high school, I met this guy who lived an hour away from me. And we started dating and that lasted until literally we left for college. Um, Cause we thought it was the right thing to do was just break up for college. And then three months later, we got back together and that lasted for another year and a half. And then literally the day we broke up, I started dating my next boyfriend. And so then I dated him for probably about a year and then found someone else immediately after that. So I think like what you were saying, that breathing period is something that everyone needs to go through, whether they feel insecure being independent or not. It's just something like every person has to deal with in order to figure out who they are as themselves and as an independent person and like realize where they want to be and where they're going in life. And that's kind of 
the period I'm dealing with right now and I'm embracing it as much as I possibly can. You know, and I think it's so important is that breathing period, especially for women and women with ambition, because yes. no matter what industry you go into, you're always, there's always going to be men that try to bring you down because you're a woman. Yeah. And if you don't have to know yourself and know your ambition, it, you get lost. Like you don't, yeah. your resilience is like about half of what it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is, that is smart. Like I haven't even dealt with like the, like typical real world, like situations yet of like having that boss and like things like that, just because I've been so focused on school for the past, like 18 years of my life. But that is something that I'm glad I got that breathing period for to find my ambition and like to figure out really who I am before I like take that next step out of college life into the real world and be like, this is who I am. No one can tell me any different. And I'm completely fine being independent and not having a guy there to make me feel better in, in any capacity. Yeah. I mean, one of your topics is education and I'm, you know, I'm curious, like I, what I missed about college life, I mean, not only the social aspect, but I really did like learning. Yeah. I lo yeah. Especially college. I think I was always with honors and AP classes, but college mm -hmm. learning differs because there's a feeling of I'm going deeper. Everything yeah. was surfaced before here. Absolutely. And I think that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to take the college route instead of jumping into music right away was because my whole life I was the like 4.1 student in high school and like just loved taking classes and learning new things. And when I got to college, I tried the whole music thing while I was here and it just like wasn't working for me. And I think my mom realized pretty quickly that we should wait until it was my time to do the whole career thing because I've always been so focused on my like school and education. And it was like you said, like I loved learning. I loved like getting deeper into these new topics and aside from the social aspect, like be in classes and like furthering my education in any way I could. And so I did a little bit feel like I was missing out by going the college route and not jumping right into my career. Cause I just feel like everyone starts so young and that's the only way to make it. But it did take me that long to realize music is what I wanted to do. But yeah, I like have absolutely loved USC. I've learned so many things here. I would not have traded the school for literally anything. Yeah. And plus, I mean, in perspective, like some of my favorite artists that are, are technically new artists, you know, in that weird limbo of like, I'm not really no new, I'm just new to you kind of limbo. They're 31, 33. I think that because in some ways, I think because millennials were kind of like delayed, Gen mm -hmm. Z is delayed and Gen Alpha will be delayed in terms of now early 30s is still, it's treated like kind of 20s. Yeah. So yeah. I think that now more than ever, yeah, do college. Yeah. Don't start so quickly in the music industry because 22 is kind of 18 a little exactly. bit. There is still that feeling of you're you're just a baby. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like you pocketed four years of like, cool fun, crazy boyfriends, drunken nights. Exactly. <laughs> we had we had it all. And and while I was still doing like the show and making music and like really doing everything I wanted to get done. But yeah, there is a part of me that like kind of feels a little bit like I wish I would have jumped into the music industry a little bit sooner. But my major here is music industry. So I've kind of been on both like sides of it. And now have a better understanding of things when I do jump into it because if somebody messes me over, I'm like, no, no, no. I had a class on this. You can't I know contracts. 
I know contrast. Music law was my favorite class. I'm all <laughs> watch out. But yeah. Is there like a, a piece of information that because you 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 were kind of lucky, you had a little bit of your foot in the music world, but you also were getting educated on it. Was there something that you noticed that you're like artists need to know this lesson before they go in and they never do? Um just from what I've learned on like the business side, a lot of time people's recording contracts are something that they need to actually look very deeply at before they sign it because so many times you see artists like get into bad situations or their music doesn't get released or like they don't really have control over the creative vision that they want and it's every professor will say it's because of a bad contract so I think that's like every artist going into it and like something I'm very conscious of is like if you're going to sign a contract know exactly what you're getting into know what it entails try and keep as much as your copyright if that's even possible that you can like so yeah just like little things like that that USC has taught me to look out for when I, I, when I get out there one day. I mean, I am shocked at the level of politics that goes into releasing a song. Mm -hmm. I am, especially because some artists will be like, yeah, this was, I did this two years ago. I'm like, do you have to release this thing? Yeah. And and it explains a little bit their disconnect sometimes because Mm -hmm. they're already on the next album, but the album before it hasn't come out. Yeah. I'm like, honestly going through that situation right now. I had set dates so long ago, like I said, what's her number I sat on for probably a year. And I like, I didn't start the rest of my EP till probably two and a half, three, maybe three and a half months ago. And so that song was like a a child to me. But yeah, I had all of my dates set. Things happen. It like, the song comes out a year later, didn't want to release until the EP was done. And then artwork's not done or this isn't done and then the dates get moved back and then by the time you're at the end of it you're like I made all these songs like two years ago like what happened and then by the time that's done you're like already on to the next one so it's like after releasing this I've just come to realize it's like such a ball that starts rolling once one thing and it's if it comes out three years later it will but it's it's a process having to do all this and it's a learning experience just even releasing this one song right now that it's definitely a ball that's going to start rolling and maybe three years down the line, I'll have another album, but time will tell. And you're not the same person. And I think that's where the disconnect yeah. comes. Like yeah. you hear this song and you're like, Oh, that was cute. It's like looking at an old photo, like a baby picture of you. And you're like, Oh, I can't believe I was that age. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm literally dealing with, with my EP songs right now. Some of them will listen to that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm listening to the Dropbox. I'm like, I made this two months ago. And it like, kind of like, I'm not feeling like it already. Yeah, I'm like, like me. Yeah, hmm, interesting. Even yeah. when I when I look at all my old stuff, I'm like, whoa! I was like 12. This is so weird. Like my old songs that I released for What's Her Number, I'm like, I am completely not even the same person I was when I released any of those. I was like a 16 year old kid who literally like knew nothing about the music industry, and now I'm just like a completely different sound and vibe. So it's weird. Yeah. But it's it's also education. I think mm-hmm. that education does change you as a person and you know we have a very love-hate relationship with education because it could be you could be elitist and the more education you get I've seen people become really arrogant and it's like you have two PhDs I have one or I have my master's and you know like you're it's kind of like I'm trying to outsmart the world while having no common sense and I think that's where the disconnect is you could be very elite and smart, but not wise and not commonsensical. Yeah. And, and 
but, but it either way, whether it makes you elitist or just makes you stronger, more virtuous, mm-hmm. it does transform you. And that's why I recommend education for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I really feel like going to college was the right thing. And I feel like looking at a lot of younger kids who are like doing this whole TikTok thing and becoming like Instagram famous and like making their money that way. It's so interesting seeing a lot of them like not go to college because of it. And I just like, whether it's because of the social aspect or like learning something that you just like have always wanted to learn or like furthering your knowledge in a career like area that you want to go in. I just feel like college is really a step to go through to figure out who you are as a person and just grow so much in that time after high school. Because when you graduate high school, like you're 18 years old, you might semi know who you want to be, but like there's so much more to think about and like so much more to grow from that I feel like college really gave me that and like guided me in the right direction. So I feel like, yeah, education is definitely something I would recommend to anyone, whether you feel like you need it or not. But I have to say like our generations are the most opinionated. Yes. We comment on everything because we were raised to comment. We had like social media by age eight. Exactly. Um, And I think that education makes you smarter about how you comment because sometimes I see a lot of opinions floating around and some of them I'm like, this is absolutely crazy. And they get a billion likes and I'm like a billion people have no idea what they're talking about. This is absolutely heinous. Yep. Yep. it doesn't, and what's so crazy is that it's not even, you know, I think people think it's political, like the conservative versus liberal, but somebody could try to be the most caring, virtuous person and be absolutely ignorant. Yep. And yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh my God. And you don't, and because like social media is such a, a weird world, like mm-hmm. you could actually say the right thing, be super wise about it. Everybody's like, shut the F up. Literally. Like, putting like hate memes <laughs> under your comment. <laughs> so much of social media is like hearing what you want to hear or like, yeah. Yeah. And I just, yeah. Social media is definitely a weird place. There's a lot of upsides and a lot of downsides. And I think the hate comments on very wise and correct statements are a reason why social media's negative sides are the way that they are. And I just think at this point, it's like going to take a lot to change that. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, not to get biblical about it, but we are the people that killed Jesus. Uh, and I and I think about it like in terms of like we killed God, we'll definitely kill me. Yeah. Um but there is this feeling of like, you know, I see people say something of love and get absolutely trashed or yeah. or they say something that I'm like, and it gets so misinterpreted. And yeah. the few people who tr- interpret it right, they're like five comments amongst yeah. 500. Yeah. And one thing that I have to say is that good people are quieter. Yes. They don't want to get involved in the mess. So you could be way more supportive than you think, but yeah. we're not on social media because hate, like, I don't know, people say hate is louder, but I think it just tweets more. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, haters like will comment 20 comments and it's all like this one hater and you're like god bless you where are you what are you doing (gasps) yeah literally it's this what time how much time you have you don't paint you don't knit no hobbies i get it no puzzles (laughs) nothing in there you're like okay no i I i definitely agree and i think that right now this whole like cancel culture is like so upsetting in every capacity because Things really do get misinterpreted. Things get 
said with intention that like may have been not in the right place at the time. Like you don't know what people are going through. You don't know how they meant to say it. You don't know where the things that they're saying are coming from. And people are so quick to just be like, well, she did this, she did that. And it's like, well, you don't really know why that happened. You don't know the context of the situation. You don't really know anything. It's just such like a cult that people are like, it's like the hater cult. Like it's, it's cancel culture. And it's, it's really unfortunate to see on people's pages because a hate comment will bring 20 other hate comments and a yeah. nice comment will get hate for liking something that other people didn't like. So it's, it's kind of a lose lose in this whole culture thing that's going on right now around social media. Yeah. And there, and there are moments where it's like, Oh, we're hating them. I mean, I guess we'll hate them too. You, know, exactly. like you, you, you just don't know because it's also like by the time you find out mm-hmm. there's so much comments that you can't even find the original error. Exactly. I'm like, wait, they did yeah. what? And I'm like scrolling and so, and it's just memes about what they did, but not like what they actually actually did. It's it's an absolute. I think cancel culture is a blob for me because mm-hmm. there's some people who do deserve to be canceled. Yeah, and there's some people who don't. Yeah. There's some people who I I think you know they should be allowed to grow or they've grown. Like we're canceling mm-hmm. them for something they did years ago and there's yeah. some people that it's like you could grow but you don't have to grow in the limelight like yeah, it, it, yeah. there is a feeling of like get up go away Sayonara, yeah. you weren't that great we, yeah. we won't miss you exactly that's where i do feel like there is a positive side and a negative side because the positive is is you get to explore all these issues that like when i was in high school like i didn't know not to be like oh i didn't know things were going on in the world like i didn't know deeply what these things meant or the things that people went through and like social media does give you an, like a chance to really educate yourself on the things that are going on but the negative side is that so many people post about it that aren't accurate or put things in a different context that makes you like view things in a weird way and it's like there's such like positive and negative sides to it it's hard yeah. to like find that happy medium where you like can humanity it, is, yeah. it really is reflective. I spoke to one uh, artist who loves uh, aliens and we were like if aliens were watching us they'd probably be like, mm, I don't think we should go there. No, absolutely <laughs> not. I honestly, aliens, like you could get me on a whole other talk about aliens. Like I still <laughs> to this day, like feel like we're living in a simulation and the simulation glitches all the time. Like things will happen in my room and I'm like, simulation is glitching. Like it's, it's like a whole different topic you could get me on. But like, I talk about this all the time. Aliens are really You actually, you're one of you're you're one of the few and first people that I've ever met that actually believes we're in a simulation, and that concept fascinates me. It's more of like a joke for me, but like sometimes I'm really like, "What is happening? Like the simulation is glitching, you guys. What is happening?" I mean, I, I, I don't think it's it's one of those ideas. I think that it's more. We, we it's more bound to that whole matrix idea, but I don't think it's very different compared to religious people have always believed in like fate and destiny and kind yeah. of, you know, putting your, your name in the book of heaven. So yeah. I think that it, it, it all matches in terms mm-hmm. of there is this feeling that there's something bigger than me yeah, and it will totally block me if it wants to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if I want to go this way and they don't want me to go that way, they're going to say, uh-uh, I'm going that way. And they will reroute my ass until I go the way. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, even if I did this, if this was meant to happen, something else is going to happen to get me here anyways. So, like, really, where's the fighting? Like, there's no fighting. 
I'm like the biggest believer on everything happens for a reason. Like everything absolutely happens for a reason, whether you realize that later in life or you realize that now, like it was meant to happen and it's going to benefit you in some way. Like always finding the positive in it. It's meant to happen. Yeah. I mean, I yo-yo with that. My family definitely believes in that. And I think that's a very, like, that's a, a, a idea that I find with older, really mature people. So congrats. Oh, I'm you. not. <laughs> um, I, 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 I yo-yo with that because I, I do feel that life has the meaning you give it. And yeah. I think that the meaning Sometimes things happen and you give it a meaning afterwards because that's how you grew and that's what you needed from that. So yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think that everything that happens was to teach you a lesson. I yeah. just think that you learned a lesson. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. So there wasn't a there I, I feel like the purpose comes after. Yeah. Not necessarily always before. Before. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I completely, completely like resonate with that. But yeah, there's just always, even in like the hardest times of life, I end up figuring out later down the road that there was a purpose for that or a reason that I felt that way to learn from the situation. Like everything has its meaning and I'll figure that out somewhere, somewhere down the line. 